Unstuck Movement. I am your host, Rob Z, and on this platform, I love to bring great, amazing guests on who have had breakthrough in their life that has gotten them unstuck from difficult positions, changing their mindset, changing their lifestyle, changing their legacy and their lineage. And so today, I brought an amazing guest on, Kim Curtis, who is a nationally recognized wealth management advisor, president, and CEO of Wealth Legacy Institute. And as a best-selling author of Money Secrets, The Keys to Smart Investing and Retirement Secrets, she is considered one of the world's foremost experts in building wealth consciousness. Kim has achieved the highest level of competence in the American financial planning industry, earning recognition through prestigious awards and has been featured on major media platforms, including NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, and the Wall Street Journal. It's an honor and a privilege to have you here, Kim. Thank you for being a part of the Unstuck Movement. Thank you, Rob Z. Looking forward to our discussion. Absolutely. Uh, your background, your experience, and from what I've learned so far about you, it's amazing. We're going to have a, a great story here, a breakthrough. And I, I love telling these stories, right? Mm -hmm. And also, I got to thank the sponsor of this podcast, the Connected Leaders Academy, for making this show happen. And the Connected Leaders Academy, you would fit right in there, Kim. Hundreds of high-level entrepreneurs from all over the world who are helping each other grow and evolve and level up. So I'm going to ask you a question to frame this episode because I feel like if you ask the right questions in life, you get better answers in life and you find those breakthroughs that you're looking for. So how did you overcome a limited money mindset for yourself and how did that like lead into this unstuck story for you? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Think about that, all your listeners and viewers. I mean, honestly, you know, get in line, right? As to uh, it's a journey and there's always one and then the next and then the next. But the mm -hmm. most pivotal one, Rob, for me was um, I'll actually do a little background and then tell that unstuck moment. Um, Please. So my background is that my parents got divorced when I was a teenager and my mom got full custody of three teenage girls with no employable skills. Wow. So she applied for and received government assisted lunches for us. And at the time, Rob, it was a, a red paper ticket, similar to like what you get when you buy raffle tickets. It looked exactly like that. And you would hand that ticket to the cashier and everyone knew what that meant. So, you know, the shame and unworthiness and that my parents were divorced. My mom couldn't afford lunch. All of that baggage I loaded onto myself um, and uh, around that, mm -hmm. but my mom had this wonderful value she instilled in her daughters. And that was go to college and get your education because nobody can take that away from you. Now, doesn't that sound like a mother that was divorced with no employable skills that <laughs> <laughs> it really does? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I got married right out of school. I mean, so, um, so I did. And I went to undergrad and then went to law school. Like the thought that I even thought I could go to law school was itself like, I want to think back on that quite surprising. Mm. But what happened is that upon six months after graduating from law school, uh, 
I defaulted on my school loans. Mm. I, I robbed today in today's dollars. It was about $92,000. I had no business understanding money, debt, mm-hmm. what that default did to my credit report. You know, I mean, I was completely unconscious around the meaning of that or anything related to money. And I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, that it's not even on their radar screen. It's like a side gnat that bothers them every once in a while when they have to pay some bills. Right. Yeah. But what happened was, uh, it was a gift to this day. Um, I had an anonymous donor pay a thousand dollars on my school loan debt. Now, when you're unconscious around money, you're not opening your statements. Like you don't even notice the bills when they come in. Mm -hmm. But I happened to open up that statement and noticed that it went down, not up. And I have to say that at that very moment, it was like a snap of thought. It was like a flood of emotion. And, and this kind of gets back to that unstuck moment. So because it was anonymous, I couldn't go to them and say, what do you see in me that I don't see in me? Or, you know, I couldn't say, what do you want? You know, what do you want? <laughs> I, I had to ask those questions to myself. So if someone believed in me that much, mm. who was it that they believed in? Who am I? Who do I want to be? And it was all this flood of emotion. And I think at first it was this gratitude of um, kind of love that someone did that for me. Yeah. Which then was like uh, around self-respect a little bit, kind of this love. Then it was kind of this self-respect, asking myself those questions. And definite awareness, of course, for the first time, awareness around who am I, who do I want to be? And that awareness or consciousness, however word resonates with you, for the first time in my life, I asked the question of, you know, events, crap in our lives happen all the time that we have no control over. Mm -hmm. But we do have control over the choices we make around those events or the responses that we make to those events. And those responses or choices determine our outcomes. That was the snap. It was like immediate that from that point forward, the unstuck was, I'm responsible for my own life. It's not my job or lack of job. It's not the bills I owe. It's not the government. It's not the economy. It's not my parents getting divorced. It's up to me. And from that point forward, I was in control of my own boat and my own destiny, not letting it float around down the river. Uh, I, I absolutely knew that, that the decisions I made from that point forward would make an impact on my life. And the decisions, what I wanted is I wanted success and what was success to me at that time. Um, and to me, it was get out of debt. (laughs) So I created a very conscious plan of getting out of debt uh, by calling and asking if, you know, negotiate a little bit, here's my situation. So you have to make, I had to make the call. I had to see if they would be willing to negotiate payment terms and I had to be patient because it started out really, really small, you know, 50 bucks, 
month. Then it was a hundred bucks a month. And once I started to see that balance go down, my enthusiasm got greater. Like I was diving into it. Like I couldn't wait to see. And back then it wasn't online that you could actually visually see it immediately. I had to wait for the statement to come in to actually see it go down. Mm -hmm. And that motivation created momentum that every time I got a pay increase, I would increase the debt amount. And to be candid, remember that was in today's dollars, it was 92,000, but it, it took me a solid 10 years to knock out that debt. Mm. But I was conscious about it and sing, uh, singularly focused. And because I was on it, everything else worked in my favor. So I started saving a little bit to the credit union the same time while I worked on paying down that debt. And once I started saving for myself versus just debt reduction, all of a sudden that 25 went to 50, all of a sudden it went to 100 and it was right out of my paycheck. So I'd never touched that savings into the credit union. And that was the start of being empowered by money and not letting money uh, take over me. You know, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's like the the hardest things that might happen to us in life are the things that light the fire underneath us. Mm. It's like a, the, the blessing or the curse, right? That's a, that's a curse. In some way, you got this gigantic debt that you've got to pay off, but it becomes a blessing because it lit that fire for you to start paying attention to your money for you to start paying that off. And it sounded, it sounds like from what you're saying, it not only changed your concept around money, but it just changed your concept around uh, being proactive, you know, paying attention, being aware, right? Aware. You mentioned yeah. awareness. awareness. Like that's, that's a, that's how it always works, isn't it? Like we, and, and I'm reminding myself this right now as we're talking about this, which is why I love to do this podcast because it helps me to, to reframe things that are going on in my life. I'm like, man, that's right. These things that seem like they might be a problem, if I attack them head on and go after them and pay attention to what they're trying to tell me, I'm going to find out great things that about myself and about life and about people. You, you mentioning there that you received that, uh, that payment that somebody anonymous person paid that for you. Did you ever find out who that was? <laughs> it's very rare that I get asked that question. I've maybe have only been asked it three times. I did. Good. I did. It was about three or four months later that I found out. And believe it or not, it was an older woman and she she was a member of a church that I went to. Mm. Uh, and she had no money to do that. Like that was, you know, but for whatever reason. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and believe it or not, it was it was over a decade before I ended up in finance. I have a legal background, as you know, because I went to law school. Um, and my area of expertise is negotiation, mediation, and arbitration, and then went into finance in my uh, when I turned 30. And so I was in finance, I was probably five years into finance. So let's say maybe 12, 15 years from that point of the gift mm -hmm. that I thought about that. Like at the time I didn't, you know, I had a snap, but I didn't necessarily like equate it to a change in my life because I didn't know it would change my life at that time. Sure. I just knew yeah. I was a different person. So um, I looked her up. And she still, believe it or not, lived in Denver. And she was having a yard sale that weekend to move to Pennsylvania, to Pennsylvania, where you're from, um, and uh, to help her mother who was aging. Hmm. Uh, and, and so had I waited any longer, I would never have seen her. And I actually had an envelope in my pocket to give her. And I gave her, I could cry when I think about the emotion around this. She was selling her stuff because she had no money. She was trying to make money. And in my pocket, I had that envelope that had a $5,000 in it. 
and I and I said that for the amount of one changed my life, two the jobs that got created as a result mm. of the work I was doing, um, and three interest on the loan, so to speak. That's incredible. Ah, oh. that's amazing that you got it. So you got a chance to see her, talk to her, help her. Yeah. Ah, yeah. mm. oh, what a blessing. That all comes back around. That's so cool. Well, so that's, and, and I asked you that just because I was curious, but what you had said about her and, and the impact that had on you, the love that you felt from that. Mm -hmm. And I love that, you know, that, and that's, that's the, the spirit of giving, right? Giving, even though she didn't even necessarily have it, but she gave because she felt God told her to do it. And that had such a profound effect on you. And, and I go back to this all the time that we oftentimes have no idea the impact we're having on people's lives. And you, you really can't see the impact until maybe months, years later, and somebody tells you something and you're like, wow, I did that, that one thing that didn't mean a whole lot to me. Now her giving that money, that sounded like a big thing for her considering she didn't necessarily have the money, but she yeah. probably did that, that sort of thing all the time. Um, but it, it's the simple things in life and the things that uh, really might seem insignificant that make such a big impact on people. So I'm, I'm really touched by that story. That's really, oh. really cool. And you mentioned way back at the beginning here about, uh, you know, being afraid to open your bills up or not even open, you, know, you get a bill in the mail, you don't even open it. Like that's how unaware you are. Mm -hmm. That's how clueless. And I, I know what that feels like. I'm sure lots of people out there know what that feels like. It's this avoidance, right? The avoidance of staying away from the money situation. If I don't look at it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> and then right. somebody else is in charge of it. How did you, how did you become Very in charge true. of it? Cause now you're on the complete other end of that. Yeah. So, what what would you say to yourself that person who was getting bills in the mail and not opening them up and and just out of fear avoiding these things what would you say to yourself back then that you know now uh to help change your mindset around that well i i think initially it's easy to blame someone else for your situation and i don't know if i consciously was blaming my parents or consciously blaming the system, so to speak. Mm. But I, I think for me, it was at that point that I actually said, it has nothing to do with them, it has nothing to do with the economy. It's so easy for us to put it outside of us mm -hmm. or to come up with every reason outside of us so we don't have to address our own internal issues. But what, what ultimately for, for the listeners and viewers is that every deep growth is an inside game, not an outside game. It's kind of so, so, you know, it's kind of like when you see somebody that you're that kind of, for whatever reason, you don't necessarily find them interesting, or they annoy you. Well, that's a mirror. What is it about that, that you what lesson? it's not that you necessarily have that characteristic, but what lesson is that triggering inside of you? Yeah, that 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 is bringing up to, to make a difference. So I think that's what I learned at that moment, that we all have money receptors and, and it's like, a, and the receptors on our bodies, you know, because when you think about it, you know, the bodies to help us stay healthy, uh, that's so incredibly beautiful. Think about a money receptor. Um, and I have a, I have a, a, a 22 year old son and he sees a Lamborghini and he thinks, wow, that's success. Mm. That's his money receptor, success with a Lamborghini. I see a Lamborghini and I think who would pay that much for a car? 
a depreciate, well, not necessarily a Lamborghini, but relatively a depreciating asset that's used for transportation. Mm-hmm. Or when you see somebody on the street asking for money, do you cross the street? Do you look them in the eye? Those are receptors to you. Mm. And if you recognize what, if you think about, wow, I, I cross the street or I judge that person asking for money, or I feel the same way that your son feels when I see a Lamborghini, those are receptors to you and unpack that as it relates to, is it true or false? And what that does is it comes back to your beliefs. And maybe your parents had beliefs that money was evil or that money is, you know, that people that have money are, are greedy mm-hmm. I, or it, you ra- were raised in a house where, wow, money, if you have it, you could do a lot of good for the world. Mm-hmm. And depending on, and again, is that true for you versus just taking on whatever your great grandfather thought about being a tightwad because he grew up in the depression? Right. <laughs> so I think those are the most important things is what, is your, what are your money receptors? Just listening to this conversation, are you leaning in thinking that maybe there's something here for you or did you already dismiss it as, you know, those words, you know, I, I don't, there's nothing here for me. That's also a receptor. Hi, my name is Jose Escobar and I'm the founder and CEO of the Connected Leaders Academy. We're a growing tribe, a community of entrepreneurs all over the world, globally, all across the country, high performers, titans of industry. If you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to grow personally and professionally, scale your influence, develop your skill sets, move the needle in your business, more clients, more money, more profit, the bottom line, and of course, grow your circle and your network like never before, this is where you want to be. Join the Connected Leaders Academy today. We are scaling massively. We want to welcome you in. Check me out on Instagram and on Facebook, the at symbol JASCO25. We look forward to having you join us. Take care. For you, what what money receptors did you notice in yourself and how did you change them? Yeah, for me, it was I was unworthy. Mm. Uh, that that my receptor was money was for other people, certainly not me. That was my money receptor. Um, And I had to overcome that by saying, wait, I I deserve to, I deserve to have money. I deserve to have uh, enough to pay my bills, to provide for my family later. Um, And then I just became full on, like I'm a master at it. And I think that when we can set something up on automatic pilot, like remember I said the credit union, $25, $50, $100, $200 a month, you start to feel the momentum of that. Mm. And for the listeners who have a retirement plan at work, a 401k plan, a 403b, those retirement plans are golden because you set that up on automatic pilot and forget it. Don't mess with it. And and make sure that you have some stocks or equities inside of that. And in down markets, do not adjust it because you're buying it cheaply. Mm -hmm. Down markets are great when you're not near retirement because you get a lot more shares. And and never take a loan against that. You think it's a cheaper place to to get money. It's not a cheaper place. You pay it back with after-tax dollars. And then later when you retire, you pay tax again. So as much as you think to access your 401k or retirement plan for something for yourself or a need, it's not the best place. It's quite frankly, one of the worst. So that's Mm -hmm. another thing. 
uh, but you become a master of seeing that grow. I remember my 401k when I had $25,000 in it. And I said to my mom, mom, I got $25,000 in my 401k. And I was so proud. And you know what? I knew that I had more money than her. It was at that point that I was like, whoa, okay. I get generationally what just happened here. Yeah. And I'm going to work harder to make sure that my children have what they need to, to, to master money. And then I remember when it was 50 and then I remember it was a hundred and that momentum and that compounding interest of that mm -hmm. really ignites you. It is powerful. And yes, you know, Rob, I got you. one more thing to share on this and it's really important for the listeners and viewers Please. is it's important to understand that there are two laws of money. The first is the human-made laws, which is what I do every day in wealth management, cash flow, tax planning, retirement, budgeting, investments, of course. The second law of money is the natural money laws. And we already have them inside of ourselves. The human-made laws are our brain, intellect, linear goals. But the natural money laws are heartfelt. And some examples of that are giving and receiving which is what we talked about with my story, mm -hmm. uh, cause and effect, uh, ebb and flow, like the tides. Sometimes we're in the money and sometimes we're not. And when we're not, we should be working on ourselves to, to be better so that when money flows again, we're ready to take off in whatever mm -hmm. it is that we do. Uh, another example is supply and demand, um, even mercy and justice. Those are all natural money laws that are already inside of us and if we knew that we already had the skill set from a heart-centered place mm -hmm. to understand money mm -hmm. and then bring in the human-made laws, you need them both in balance. Mm -hmm. But we tend in our culture to start on the outside and start with human money laws instead of the inside natural money laws. Yeah. We often ignore those for right. our entire life. Right. So this is there's so much good stuff here. I'm going to try to pick the right thing to talk about. There's so many good things. I, one thing you said there is it sounds like, I mean, you broke a generational curse mm -hmm. with money, which mm -hmm. is huge. I mean, that's, I think as far as like missions in life, like breaking those generational curses is everything that this, this ends here. It may have started how many centuries ago, how many generations ago it ends with me mm -hmm. and I'm not going to let this continue anymore. That's huge for your kids for your kids kids like you can't even imagine how far that goes uh so that's that's an incredible the momentum that you build from just having things like you were saying having things on autopilot setting things up so they're automatically being taken out or being paid off right mm -hmm. and the momentum that comes from that and never taking those things off of autopilot because when things get tough you tend to go back and be like well I, I could take this off of here for a couple of weeks or i could stop paying this month, this, this much for a couple of months, right. And changing those things, but keeping them where they are, the momentum that comes from that, um, everything in life is, is momentum. And I, I, mm -hmm. I think I want to hear this from you because talking about your money receptors and you said that it was, you felt like unworthy of having the money. Mm -hmm. So obviously this podcast is called the unstuck movement. Like how do you get unstuck to keep moving forward and build that momentum? When did you start feeling worthy? Because I think this is a big mm. thing for, and I know it's not, it's never a light bulb moment. I mean, 
maybe you've started to feel that a little bit when that woman had given the anonymous yeah. person had given you that money. But like, do you recall what it was that broke that unworthiness? Because so many people, I think that's that's at the top of the list for people as far as like their difficulty in managing and handling money and making more of it is they don't feel worthy to have it. Mm -hmm. How did that yeah. start to change for you? God, that I love that question. And there are many layers to it. I will just start with, you know, family and culture that we live in mm -hmm. uh, helps perpetuate some of those, particularly for women uh, in culture, the uh, not enough unworthiness thing. And for men, men, not enough, but women more unworthy and men, you know, shoot, man, uh, you could speak for that as well. Mm -hmm. But the, for me specifically, I love the word momentum too. And breaking the generational gap. I, I think that, believe it or not, I, let me take another step back and then I'll answer it. Is when you talked about someone doing something and it takes a, it's just a kindness that we miss out on. For the listeners and viewers, think about when you were in school, a teacher that did something kind for you that made a difference in your outcome at school. Mm. And it may have been something really small. But you remember that act of kindness. And it's that act of kindness that by giving that to others, it could be a smile. Mm -hmm. But that act of kindness to someone else makes them feel worthy, makes them feel loved. And it's the act of love, believe it or not, that, that brings that we deserve it. So that act of love that someone loves you shows a demonstration of love to then allow yourself to receive giving. You have to receive to give. You have to receive. You can't just be a giver and not receiver, both in balance. Everything I said about natural money laws are in balance. Mm -hmm. So you have to be a receiver. And the receipt for me was an awash of love and that I was worthy. And that truly was because of that gift. That's amazing. I love that. And I, I say this a lot on uh, just in life in general, but also on this podcast, uh, so few people get the encouragement or any encouragement that they need, right? It's, it just mm. doesn't happen that often. So when you're giving people that encouragement that it's, it's like giving, like you said, it's a given a free gift. Like, you don't, all you have to do is set your pride aside to say it. Like, if you're worried about it, it might embarrass you or it might make you feel a certain way if they don't receive it or whatever, like giving them that is going to change you and it's going to change them and, and break that unworthiness. That's really, really good because you're showing them there's a different way. Um, and I, I, I'm just, I'm thinking about your story and just like how you've shown, I would imagine thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people a different way, millions. I mean, I don't know your story, right? Mm -hmm. But you've yeah. shown a lot of people in your life a different way. And those natural money laws are really interesting. Uh, the giving, the cause and effect, mm -hmm. uh, that's so good. It's so good because it's under the surface. It's there all the time. And if you really pay attention to it, you'll notice it like in everyday life, everywhere that you go, that's right? right. That's well, right. When we show up in love, when we show up, freely giving. Mm -hmm. And and the other piece to that is, is I think I had to also take it to a little higher level for me in why am I here? Yeah. 
So I would have to say that consciously being aware and then taking action. We already talked about taking action with what I talked about, the debt reduction. You have to have action behind awareness. Um, but there is a higher level because on our own, we're incapable, relatively speaking. We almost need a mirror in front of us like that gift uh, to know that we're worthy. Mm, yeah. And I think by having a higher level beyond ourselves, um, some people will say God, uh, some people will say a source, universe, mm. whatever the terminology is, I think that I had to take it there that I was brought here to do something uniquely beautiful. And if I wasn't in alignment with that, then I was, why was I here? And so I think once I got in touch with someone gave me a gift, what am I going to do differently about that to help others mm. to be of service? Uh, and then I, I think that's what took it to that higher level of, okay, I'm in alignment with knowing why I'm here. And now I will fulfill that for myself in terms of my gifts and my talents and my special superpowers. Well, and you know, yeah, like the word I use is God, right? Because mm -hmm. God, that's what he gives us or we have problems in our life, right? We are either born with the problems, we develop them over time. And that's a mess that we have, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, God works everything for good for those who love him. So if you are using that gift, this which seems like a curse, but it's actually a gift and it's the mess in your life and you turn it around, it becomes your message that you help other people with. That helps you break the generational curses, but it also helps other, it helps everybody around you because you show up differently in every situation. You show up, you show up authentically a different kind of person. And I just heard recently, as far as like intangible things that we as humans pick up on without even realizing it, authenticity is the thing we pick up on the most. Like if you're, if somebody's authentic, you can pick up on that right away and you're automatically gravitating towards that person. And somebody can fake it and eventually that's gonna fall, that's, that's gonna bite them, right? But when, you, when somebody's authentic, like it automatically gravitates you towards them. And to be authentic, you've gotta be really solid with yourself. You've gotta love yourself, right? Yeah. And it goes back to God. You got to love, you have to, you know, love your neighbor as yourself to do that. You have to love God. You have to have that relationship built in because that helps you to learn how to love yourself. And so, man, it's so, it's such an important thing and it can be so hard to, to grasp when you have to spend your time and you have to spend your, your, your life really developing that and cultivating that. What was that for you? Like, yeah. And this, is a, this is a much deeper question, right? And these questions yeah. aren't even going around necessarily what you do as far as the money goes, but like yeah. loving yourself. How did you mm -hmm. learn how to do that? What did that journey look like? Because it sounds like from at, at a, a younger age, your, your parents grew up without a lot of money. And then mm -hmm. they, your, your dad, I think you said, was figure out how to make money, moved to New York. Yeah. The yeah. story, right? Yeah, um, my parents grew we had a, in the green room a conversation about growing. My parents grew up in Pennsylvania where you're from and my yeah. dad moved to New York. And, and so what was your uh, learning to love yourself? Was that something that was kind of like in you from the beginning or was that something that grew as time went on? Oh, I thankfully I had very loving parents that expressed it uh, freely mm. uh, for many of us. That may not be true. So it was easy, easier to bring that to, to what was important to me. But, you know, Rob, I'm a believer, you know, how you do money is how you do life. If your head is in the sand on money, trust me, it's in the sand, you're in the sand on other areas of your life, whether it's relationships, yeah. whether it's love, I mean, you name it. Um, mm. And so how, 
money is this invisible thread that touches every aspect of our human existence. So we got to figure out how to master it so that other areas of our life are in alignment. And so one of the things I say a lot besides how you do money is how you do life is that money is looking for you. Not mm. the opposite. We tend to say, I need money. I need money. I got to pay my bills. <laughs> right. You know, I need money. No, no money needs you. Oh, talk about that. What does that mean? Money has no meaning. Right. Other than the value we give it. We created it for a means of exchange. It used to be beads or corn or shells. Today it's paper or credit card or, you know, <laughs> PayPal, whatever. Yeah, yeah. or digital. Right. Um, so, so money has no meaning other than the meaning we give it. So if money is looking for us to become something, what ideas do we have for it? Wow. To become of use to the world. Boy, that's the nugget right there. That's so good. Money is looking for you. That's, that is that's the profound... title of my next book that's okay. coming out uh, <laughs> next year in 2024. I thought you just made that up on the spot. You've already had that name. Yeah. I uh, Well, and it happened from uh, someone saying they needed money. And I'm like, wait, no, no. Money needs you. Money is actually looking for you. And that's how it started. And that wasn't that long ago. And, and so I thought, you know, I really need to write that book for those that, that need to understand the flow of money. Wow, that's so good. Yeah, I mean, I we talked about this, and I hopefully this is helpful. And I and then you can tell me, Rob, how we're doing on time. But I grew up in Buffalo, New York, mm -hmm. and Buffalo straddles the Canadian border in New York State. And what is right there? The beautiful, magnificent Niagara Falls. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, Niagara Falls, through the power plants that lined its banks, lit up the streets of Buffalo and the streetcars. It provided the electricity to get those streetcars going. So the falls is beautiful, but it had no power hmm. until those power plants were there. It, money's the same way. Money, it could be beautiful depending on what country you're from on how they create it and print it, but it has no meaning other than the value we put to it or whatever we do with it to become of use to the world, similar to the power plants. So money is the very same way. So if in fact money has no value other than the ideas we put it, which is like the power plants, what ideas do you have for it? And ideas are unlimited. Mm -hmm. Many of them, most of them aren't that great. But if we have one that's really good, take action. Course correct, take action. Because ideas are unlimited. Therefore, money is unlimited. That's the important message here. That's going to be a really good book. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's Thank such you. good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Moneyislookingforyou.com, actually. And you could sign up for when it does get released. Mm. Be the first to know about it. Um, cool. I'm yeah, typing you. that in right now. Yeah, that's that's so good. So wrapping this thing up, right? Yep. Um, yep. How, how do you, what did you say? Yes, let's wrap oh, it up. Okay. <laughs> how do you help people and how can they get a hold of you for you to help them? Yeah. Um, well, 
my Instagram, Kim Curtis Prosperity, is a great place to go. And financialliteracypress.com, financialliteracypress.com, there's a bunch of freebies on that website that are really helpful, really, really good. And then, of course, moneyislookingforyou.com. Those would be the three resources. Awesome. I love it. Kim, I'm so glad we got connected. This Thanks is an Rocky. awesome conversation. I uh, love what you're doing. And uh, just congratulations to yourself. And I'm yeah. sure uh, people are going to get a ton of value out of this and uh, get blessed by this conversation. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for being a part of the Unstuck Movement. Thank you. Thank you.